so glad that you've decided to join us on this July 4th weekend. There's still some people coming in, but in the next few moments, would you just step out from your seat and welcome someone to church today? Good morning, church. How's it going? Yeah. Well, hey, if it's your first time here, welcome. We are so glad you're here, and we would love to connect with you this morning. And one of the ways that helps us do that is with something we just simply call our connection card. It's located in the seat back in front of you. If you could grab it, fill it out. And here in a moment, you can drop it in the offering bucket as it makes its way by. Well, Forever Young is celebrating July at CeCe's Pizza this Tuesday night at 6.30 p.m. And it's going to be a blast. It's going to be packed out. And here's what you need to bring, just $5. It'll cover your meal. It's going to be so much fun. So if you're a part of Forever Young, we typically would meet in the hospitality center, but not this Tuesday. It's at CeCe's Pizza. And so make sure you're there. It's going to be packed. Also, Elevate Thursdays are back again starting this Thursday. If you are between the ages of 18 and 30, you're looking for a great way to get connected in our church. Elevate Young Adults is one of the ways for you. If you have not hung out with them, been a part of a Thursday night, they meet in the Hospitality Center. It starts at 8 p.m. Pastor Joel and Ashley do a phenomenal job of leading our young adult ministry. My wife and I go there as often as we can, and it is so much fun to be a part and also to meet other people around our age, and it's a blast. And so if you're between those ages of 18 and 30, they're kicking it back up again this Thursday night. Do not miss the first kickoff of this, this summer. So so far and so it, it, they're so good well hey we're going to prepare and giving the lord in our, our our offering we're going to worship in, in, our, in our giving if you ushers can make your way forward we want to pray over this offering and our giving lord we love you we worship you god we surrender everything to you we pray that you would speak to our hearts this morning jesus we give you all of the praise and we pray that you would see the heart of the cheerful giver this morning we love you and it's in your name we pray amen
Good morning, everybody. And it is exciting to have this experience. And for those of you that may be new, let me explain that. Normally at nine o'clock, we have an experience that we have fashioned according to our vision that is more classic in the expression of songs and setting. And so we believe that God has given us the ability to reach out to this community in that way. Then at 1045, completely different experience, very contemporary. And God has given us the kind of team members where we can follow through on that vision so that it's just a large, broad net that we can throw out to the community in reaching people. But it's so good along the way to bring everyone together and just look around and isn't it great to celebrate the generations? And as I cast the vision for this service, you're going to realize how important it is that we get to feed off of the energy of worship and spiritual passion of one another. We need each other, and certainly on a day like today, uh, it is going to prove to be a blessing. Solomon has provided all the content for the series we've been in called Wisdom. From the Proverbs, we have been challenged about our soul, about our walk with God. Let me remind you of Solomon's greatest day. It's the day that is arguably one of the greatest days in Israel's history. It's the day that the temple was dedicated. Now, the temple was the very vision of Solomon's father, David. But God didn't allow David to build it. God allowed David to acquire all the materials. But the the responsibility of getting the temple built came to Solomon. It took 20 years. Can you imagine a construction project taking 20 years? 80,000 different construction workers, 70,000 stone cutters, and finally, 20 years into it, it is now finished. And in Second Chronicles, we're invited into the experience of the dedication of the temple. So all of the people come together in this monumental moment. And they come before God, and it's not just a day, it's days. It's days of worship and prayer and just giving God glory. And the, the Bible says that in that amazing temple came the very presence of God, the glory of God, the fire of God. At times, the worship team could not even sing nor stand because it was just the leading of God to be on your face before him. So it was just this powerful experience of God's presence. And finally, That dedication celebration ended, and Solomon said, it's time for all of us to go home. And they all go home, and when Solomon gets into his room, the Spirit of God says to him, when the rain stops falling, and it's like a desert, when there are locusts that are coming and bringing destruction, I want to give you this prayer because this is the prayer that could turn it around. And the reason that God would say that, and imagine they're at their highest moment of dedicating the temple, but God reminds Solomon that within the people, there is this potential of turning away, 
of forgetting where the blessing came from, of forgetting uh, the importance of God first living and honoring God in his ways and walking in the steps that he has ordered. And he said, when that happens, I want to give you a prayer. And I want to show you that prayer. I want to put it on the screen for you. You know it. It's 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. Why don't we read it out loud? When we all just fill this room, we call this our church. You are the church, but this is where we gather. Why don't we fill this church with this verse? Reading it together, let's begin. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. That was an awesome prayer that God gave to Solomon for Israel. The context I have given you, but I want you to know that we believe with all of our heart that it transfers as a very applicable, relevant prayer for all of us, this community, this nation, and this world in this season, in this hour. Do you believe that? So again, God says, if my people, and he's referring to those who have put their faith in his grace, who have become born again, you are followers of Jesus, you're his people, you're called by his name. None of us would have been saved, but the Holy Spirit putting in us that need, that conviction, that awareness, and the Holy Spirit led us to Jesus. We humble ourselves. We pray and we seek, we seek his face. See, the emphasis is not just praying on the things we'll pray about today, which are cultural challenges, but we know that within each one of those prayers, we're offering ourselves before God in humility, saying, Lord, speak to me, work in me, work through me as an answer to this prayer within this community, even within this world. Lord, that we would turn from our wicked ways, and then you will hear us, you will forgive us, and you will heal our land. There's something so profound about the opportunity of coming together corporately and praying. Here is 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. Though we live in the world, focus on this next phrase, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power. Amen? Notice this, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. There's nothing soft about that. To demolish strongholds, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Every pretension, that's every impulse that would start exalting itself within us, that would be contrary to to the plan of God, the work of God for us and in us, when that starts exalting itself in us, we are given weapons that are supernatural. And when we use them, they work. And and, and they don't just kind of come alongside of the issue. They detonate and demolish the very strongholds of the enemy so that we can live the life 
that we have been saved to live. Come on. God is so good and so mighty and so powerful. And we have this gift and privilege of prayer where we can communicate with him and talk to him. Many of you will enjoy the fireworks over the next couple of days, either, either watching them or firing them off yourself. Imagine getting a firework and then you tie it with other fireworks and you just bundle them together. Some of you have done this and you are looking forward to doing it again. Like you take this, this weekend to a whole different level. And so imagine worship, the word of God and prayer, each one being a stick of dynamite. We combine them together in this service and let them go off to demolish strongholds. That's what I'm talking about today. So the vision for this service is that we take certain areas of prayer. We're going to pray for our community and our community leaders and our first responders, all of our teachers. We're going to pray and we're, we're going to take this opportunity, this weapon of warfare, which is prayer. We're going to combine it with word and worship. We're going to believe God. We're going to pray for our nation and the election that is coming. We're going to pray for our military. We're going to honor our veterans. We're going to pray for those who are on the front lines even today, believing God. Again, we're going to approach that with worship, the word, and with prayer. We're going to come before God concerning our own lives we're just going to make ourselves humble before him, uniting those weapons of worship, word, and prayer, believing that through this, it will go beyond just a plan scripted. It would get beyond kind of the ritual side of this, and it would become an experience that the Holy Spirit has ordered and is leading. Amen? Here's been my prayer coming into this. Lord, I would like the same anointing to come on this gathering that turned the water into wine. So it takes it from, it even separates it from holiday thought process. It, it separates it from an order of service. And it moves it into this anointed leading of the Spirit where out of our spirit, the Holy Spirit is leading us to intercede and knowing the power of this weaponry, we can believe for miracles. That maybe you need a miracle in your life. God can do that today. Maybe you need a breakthrough in your life. You need something that's like a turning point in your family. Something needs to happen as you face the next week. Why not just open yourself to the work of God's Holy Spirit's power to come so specific so personal into your life and do just that, even while you may be praying with a burden for other issues. Amen? So stand with me, everyone. And we're just going to begin right there. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. In this, we're asking God to make us aware. The Holy Spirit is here. But there is a manifestation of the Spirit that is unique to a gathering. Like God is everywhere all the time, but God wants to be here now in a unique way that may be different, completely different than how he is showing himself strong in another environment like this. 
God wants to do something specific. So Holy Spirit, you're welcome here and give us that awareness of you and and your leadership. God, just take us into this. Take us into this. Lord, I join everyone here. And as we go through this experience, we're not only going to lift our voices when we intercede with passion. We are going to lift our hands. Lord, I would ask that you would just see all of us lifting our hands. It's a posture of prayer as we are coming with boldness, as we are seeking you with a fire in our heart. It's desire and burden for what is happening throughout this community and the world. So, Lord, we ask for your anointing. Turn the water into wine. And everybody said, amen. Let's sing this together.
this atmosphere of praise, would you just raise your hands with your palms upward as a symbol that you're receiving the Holy Spirit in this moment. Lord, I thank you that we've sung about receiving your presence, and I thank you that you have filled this place with your presence. This morning, as we lift our prayers to you, God, I pray that through the power of the Holy Spirit, through that presence that lives within us, that's present here, that you're going to do supernatural things as we touch heaven. And you're going to change the earth, God. Lord, I just pray, even in these next few moments, as we lift our prayers, that your Holy Spirit will enliven inside of us. As we breathe, we breathe your presence this morning, God. Fill us, God, with your presence, God. Give us a fresh filling this morning of your power. It's your power that breaks the yoke. It's your power that directs us in our prayers, God. And I pray, even in these next few moments, that your presence will rest heavy in this congregation, God. Touch our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. We're about to enter our first segment of prayer, and we want to recognize some folks uh, in, in the New Testament. Paul, when he's talking to Timothy, talked about praying for local officials, talked about praying those that are in authority over us. 
So this morning, I want to take an opportunity, and we're going to celebrate some people within our midst that serve our community. And you can feel free to clap as they come forward. But as I call a particular area of service in our community, if you'll stand and come to the base of the steps here and turn and face the congregation, after we have everyone forward that I call, we're going to have a time of intercessory prayer where we pray for our local leaders and those in authority over us. The first group I want to recognize, and I know we are all appreciative of, are our first responders, those who serve in our police, our fire department, our EMTs, our medical personnel, doctors and nurses serving in any capacity in any of those areas. If you could stand, we want to recognize you this morning and be making your way forward to the front even as we recognize you. These men and women serve and protect our community. We are so grateful for them. We also have local government officials, civil servants, those who serve in national, local, and other government positions in our community. Would you come so that we could recognize you as well and serving in any capacity in our local, state, or national government? You can do that. I know there's a few in the room. Uh, Let's give them a clap for whoever may not even be here. I know we have some in our congregation. Finally, I know there's a a group that have a profound impact on this next generation that's coming up, on the generations that have come before, and that's our educators. If you serve in any form of teaching or administration at any level of education, would you stand so that we can honor you and come forward and join these folks at the front? What a representation. So many educators and first responders that we have present and government officials as well. Would you stand with me? We're going to take an attitude of prayer. We're going to intercede for these people in front of us here that serve these roles. They represent thousands of people in our community that fill these jobs every day, protecting us, educating us. And, and just providing the authority and the leadership that we need in our community. And to help us with that, I think an action step of just reaching our hand forward is just going to allow us to connect even more. So will you join me in the next couple of minutes? Let's take some time and intercede for all of these folks as well as the people that they represent. Lord, I just thank you for your presence here, God, and I thank you that your word is true, God, and I thank you that we can pray for those that are in authority over us, and I thank you that you are blessing them today, God. I pray for those first responders, God. They're all often in harm's way. I pray Psalm 91 protection over them, God. I thank you that they are in the shelter of your protection as they fulfill the protection of this community, God, as they respond, as they run into situations, God, that require them to have courage. I pray that courage grows in them even as they step forward, God, that you give them the ability, the strength, and the wisdom that they need to fulfill what you've called them to do, God. Lord, we pray for these government officials, God. I thank you that you are leading this country 
country, that you are leading our city, God, our city officials, that you are leading and guiding the decision-making processes, that you're blessing this community that we're a part of. Lord, I thank you that we can bless this community, that we can look to our government officials and pray for them on a daily basis, knowing that they are making decisions that affect our lives, God. Lord, I pray for these educators. Lord, they're, they're changing this next generation by the way that they teach, God. I thank you that you're giving them a heart, a heart for the students, God, that you're giving them the, the abilities, the, the resources that they need to fulfill the job, God, that you have given them, the calling that you've given them, God. I thank you that they are multiplying their effect in the lives that they touch by the way that they live their life and the curriculum that they are to the students that they teach, God. Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness today for all of our local officials, God, for our first responders, for our educators. I thank you that you are pouring out your spirit in this community, God, and that your hand is upon it and your Holy Spirit is guiding what is happening in this community, God. And I thank you for your faithfulness to us today, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's clap it up for these folks as they return to their seats. Thank you guys so much for your service to our community. You can be seated as we watch this video. Prayer has sustained our people in crisis, strengthened us in times of challenge, and guided us through our daily lives since the first settlers came to this continent. Our forebears came not for gold, but mainly in search of God and the freedom to worship in their own way. We've been a free people living under the law with faith in our maker and in our future. I've said before that the most sublime picture in American history is of George Washington on his knees in the snow at Valley Forge. That image personifies a people who know that it's not enough to depend on our own courage and goodness. We must also seek help from God, our Father and Preserver. Thomas Jefferson once said, Almighty God created the mind free. Abraham Lincoln said once that he would be the most foolish man on this footstool we call Earth if he thought for one minute he could fulfill the duties that faced him if he did not have the help of one who was wiser than all others. One of my favorite passages in the Bible is the promise God gives us in 2 Chronicles. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. That promise is the hope of America and of all our people. Together, let us take up the challenge to reawaken America's religious and moral heart, recognizing that a deep and abiding faith in God is the rock upon which this great nation was founded. Wow. We have just seen and heard from one of our most iconic presidents here in the United States of America. President Reagan was well known for his willingness and passion to turn to our Heavenly Father for guidance and direction, specifically gearing toward 
our country and the path that it would move forward. So we want to do that and take the lead from this iconic president right now. And as a corporate of believers, if you're not standing, if you will stand with us. We're going to pray together specifically for our nation and then specifically for our election as well. So if you will, join with me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we bless your name today, God. And God, we know, Father, Lord, that this nation, we are facing some of the most incredibly challenging times of this great nation. God, we know that we are facing challenge before us, but we also know you, our Heavenly Father. But God, in this moment, God, we turn our eyes just as President Reagan did. God, we turn our eyes to you right now. God, as a community of believers, God, we raise our voice to you, crying out for our nation. Father God, break our hearts for this great nation. Lord, we pray, God, that you will guide and direct. God, that you will be exactly what we need, Father God, in this specific time. God, we turn our eyes right now specifically toward this election year. Lord, we, we do not take for granted this humble responsibility that we have, God, in this great nation as part of this election process, God, and we call upon it right now. Lord, I ask God for your guidance. We ask together for your wisdom to take place in our hearts, God, as we do our due diligence in this great nation, Father God. Lord, that you will guide us, Father. Lord, that you will be in every part of this election process, God, that you will give us wisdom, God, when it comes to those that we vote for, God, that you give us clarity of mind, Father God, in every aspect. Lord, we pray, God, for this election as well, God, that you will, every law that is voted upon, God, every elected official that is voted upon, both in the local, God, in the state elections, God, in the national election, in the presidential election, God, we pray your will be done. Your will be done, Father God. We will do our part, God. We will listen to your voice, God, and, and allow you to guide us in this process, God. But we want your will to be done. Father God, that you will go before this election, God. Even when it looks bleak, God, you are there in our midst. And Lord, we thank you for that. And Lord, we pray knowing that you are our sovereign God. Lord, your word tells us that you are God in heaven and you are God on this earth. Father God, and we depend upon you knowing, God, that no matter what takes place, God, you are in our midst, that you have blessed this great nation, God, and we call upon you together, Father God, that your hand would continue to be upon this nation. Lord, that your protection would be upon its borders, Father God, from every enemy that would look to harm or destroy us. God, that you would be our protection, God. And Lord, we give you glory in that as we turn our eyes to you. We bless your name, and we lay our lives at your feet, God. Guide us in this process. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. May the heart with which we sing this song declare our faith in the God who is in control and our love for this country and our prayer that he would continue to rule and we would be his church among this nation. Amen. Would you sing these beautiful words with us?
Amen. Amen. You all can be seated for just a moment. It's at this point in the service that I want to recognize all those who have served or are currently serving in this nation's armed forces. So here's what we're going to do. If you have served or you are currently serving in any capacity, whether that be reserve, guard, or active duty, would you all please stand? Amen. Amen. You can be seated. This country would not be what it is today if it were not for your sacrifice. If it were not for you answering the call to say, I will go and defend this nation, this country would not be where it is today. Well, I have a big announcement that needs to be made. But before I make that announcement, I want to tell you about one of the organizations that we support here at this church through the generosity of you through our Neighbors and Nations offerings. For the past few years, we have served with the Mighty Oaks Foundation out in California to serve our neighbors and this nation. We have given money to Mighty Oaks Foundation so that they can bring forth all veterans that are in need of support, that are struggling with post-traumatic stress and combat-related trauma. They bring them together for week-long retreats called Fight Clubs. And it's in these fight clubs out in California and in Texas that they, that they learn the skills of how to process through what they've been through in their life. How do they process through that combat trauma? How do they process through the post-traumatic stress? And over the past three years, we have supported and underwritten the cost of certain ones of these fight clubs. And this year, we have something special to announce. This year, in Tulsa, in November, on Veterans Day week, we as a church have underwritten the cost to bring a fight club right here to Tulsa, Oklahoma. We believe that there are veterans and that there are active military members within a 400 mile radius of Tulsa that could utilize this service. And so it's through your generosity, each and every week coming to here, this church, and giving in the offerings that we're able to do this. And there have been people in this church that have been affected by Mighty Oaks and through the fight clubs. One of them is sitting in the front row with me, and I want you to see what your generosity has done in the lives of people at this church. So watch this video.
This is the family farm I grew up on. In 97, at age 17, I joined the Army as a bulldozer operator. Growing up on a farm and having access to farm equipment, you know, it was just a natural fit for, uh, for something for me to do for the military. Toward the end of that contract, the Twin Towers fell. Because of that, uh, I signed a reenlistment contract so that, I could, so that I could do my part. In 2004, I was deployed uh, to the Sunni Triangle. The rules of engagement were, were very confusing and you know, it was really difficult to find on your moral compass whether or not they were right or wrong. And regardless of how you feel about them now, they can't be undone. You know, whether it be getting attacked during a convoy or hearing rockets fly over your head and seeing them land in a tent full of uh, people's loved ones, but it's like someone slips a brick inside your rucksack. I can carry a brick. I can carry several bricks. One at a time you don't notice, but when you return home, you find yourself buried in rubble. Post-deployment, I started having panic attacks, and I didn't understand what was happening. I was diagnosed with, of course, PTSD, agoraphobia, bipolarism, and anxiety disorder, and I was prescribed a pharmaceutical cocktail. I lost my first job back in the real world because I was unable to build effective relationships with customers and coworkers. I lost my second job because I missed too many work days. On multiple occasions, I would get this voice inside my head that would tell me that the world would be better off if I wasn't in it. I was admitted into a psych ward I think this was probably my low point. Previously, I was a non-commissioned officer, a sergeant in the U.S. Army serving in a theater of combat. I was responsible for my life and the lives of others. And I can't be trusted with shoelaces now. My life continued to crumble. Divorce followed by giving up custody of my daughter my home went into foreclosure. I ended up living back on the family farm that I grew up on. My brother and his wife, who are both Iraq veterans, were gracious enough to take me in. This is the trailer we lived in at the time. Uh, they took me in and helped me um, try to come to terms with things that were happening. Things were not going well. Fortunately, I finally caught a break and that break was when I met a man named Pete Wilhelm. Pete teaches Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and he is also a former Marine and a combat veteran himself. And he brought me into his academy and took me under his wing, and he just continued to invest in me. The reason it was so effective was because while I was on the mat training, while we were grappling, I didn't have time to think about Iraq. 
because if I did, I would get choked out. Pete introduced me to Chad Robichaw. Chad was in town speaking at the assembly, and he came to Triton Fight Center. Uh, he invited me out to California to experience the Fight Club, and I was reluctant for a long time, but um, by the grace of God, I made it out there. These guys were giving me biblical scripture in terms that I could understand. They were speaking to me tactically. They were talking about identifying a common enemy and escaping, advancing position, and counterattacking. Four days into this program, I found myself doing something that I hadn't done in a decade, and that was praying. When I was in Iraq, I came to the conclusion that I couldn't be a man of God and a soldier serving in this area both at the same time. So I literally took my Bible and put it in the footlocker along with my connection with Christ. With this knowledge that they shared with me and this biblical blueprint of what manhood should look like, I was able to re-establish my connection with God. Since I've been back, I've, I've been improving my life and I'm trying to reach other veterans with this message. I think my wife really said it best. Since you came home from Mighty Oaks, you carry yourself differently and I'm really proud of you. What I'm most thankful for is a supportive wife and daughter. I'm thankful for this church family. I'm thankful for the men at Mighty Oaks who hold me accountable. And uh, I'm thankful for the tools that they've given me. And most of all, I'm thankful that God gives second chances. Amen. Give it up. This is Reed Hasty. Church, it's through your generosity. It's through you answering the call to give that this has been able to happen. Now, Reed went through a fight club years ago, and since then, he has gone back time and time again to invest in those veterans that are also going through it for the first time. And this past year, he started an outpost, which is a small group of veterans here in the Tulsa and Broken Arrow region that meet together every Wednesday night here at this church. And so if you know of a veteran or you know of an active service member that is, that is in need of the support to come around them and say, hey, you can do this. You can get through this. Let us know. We want to help them. Well, at this point in the service, we want to pray. We want to intercede on behalf of our military, on behalf of the armed services of this great nation. And what I want you to do is I want you to outstretch an arm towards Reed right here. He is going to embody the entirety of the veterans and our active service members that are serving currently. If you would, join me in prayer. Father, 
we come before you today, right now, to intercede on behalf of the men and the women, God, of the United States military. Father, starting all the way up at the top, God, I pray that you would guide the commander-in-chief in all decisions that he has to make. God, bless Barack Obama, our commander-in-chief, God, until November. Bless him, God. Allow him to make the decisions that are needed, God, to protect the men and women serving around the country and around the world. Father, we move a step down and we pray for the chiefs of all of the services, God for the Army, for the Air Force, for the Navy, for the Marines, God, for the Coast Guard. Be with the generals that are making decisions that affect so many lives. Father, we pray for all those men and women who have gone before us, God, all of the veterans that have served, God. I pray that you would guide them, God. Give them strength in their mind, God, in their hearts and in their soul, that if they have seen things or experienced things that no man should experience, I pray that you would help them. God, bring around people to surround them, God, to lift them up. Father, I pray for all those that are serving currently, that are going around the world, that are deployed. Father, be with them. Allow, God, their experience to be guided by you. God, allow people that know you to interact with them. Let the chaplains, God, let the service members who have faith come around them and speak your word into their life. Let them experience you so that when they come back, they know without a shadow of a doubt, God, that you are their firm foundation. Father, we pray for the current conflicts that are going on right now. Keep the members safe. God, allow these conflicts to end. God, we pray for peace. God, we pray that people from around the world would come together and that they would see that there is a higher calling and that's serving you. Father, be with our current military members right now. Guide their footsteps. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning as we take a look at the world, it's easy to feel overwhelmed. This morning in Baghdad, there was a blast that killed almost 100 mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, uncles, aunts. Put their loved ones in the ground and we'll put their loved ones in the ground because hate is a message that we see and are confronted with every day. As we look around the needs in the world, you begin to see that the globe is not this beautiful place like this place we're privileged to live in. And it's amazing to me that as hate is publicized, the hope of the world still stands ready to meet people face to face. This morning we're able to stand and declare how good our God is and to intercede for these places that are broken. Because of those people's shoulders we stand upon, but there's still a world out there that needs us to be who God has called us to be. 
This morning in Latin America, if you look at the population of Latin America, there are 604 million people in Latin America. Of that, 503 million are lost. 80% of Latin America has yet to be reached with the good news. 646 people groups still have not heard about our God. If you look at Europe, 529 million Of that 515 million are unsaved, that is 97% that are considered lost. With almost 1,000 people groups, 991 people groups that are still unreached. Eurasia, 2,439,000,000 people of that 2,400,000,000 still have not heard. Almost 5,000 people groups there, 4,909 people groups have not heard the good news that is in Jesus Christ. Look at the region of Southern Asia. 1,379,000,000 people of that, 1,300,000,000 still do not know and profess Jesus Christ as Savior. In the Asia Pacific, there are 737 million people. 688 Millions still do not know. 93% of those unreached people groups, 1,095. In Africa, almost 1 billion, 953 million there, 755 million are still unsaved. This is one of the lowest percentages at 79%, but that is still 755 million people who need to come to know Jesus Christ. 1,344 people groups. When you look at those numbers, it feels staggering because you're talking almost 10,000 people groups that have yet to be reached. And we know that the Bible says that until everyone is heard, 6 billion people. Now those numbers, they may seem overwhelming, but to somebody that is a brother, that is a sister, that is a loved one, that is a family member, that apart from Jesus Christ, there is no hope. And as we're confronted with hate every day, we know that Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And even though we hear about hate every day, there is a hope that outweighs the hate. There is a God who is bigger than a religion that decides to maim and kill. There are people who will still come to know that Jesus Christ is a good God. And as much as we hear about the hate, we profess the hope that is in Jesus Christ. Because of your giving, we have 80 missionaries right now professing that good name to these places. We have 20 projects going on to not only bring about a knowledge of him, but social work to bring about social things for them, to bring about food, water, because you care and because you give. But let me tell you, with six billion people still needing to hear, we need to pray this morning and intercede. Heart breaks to hear about 91 people who lost their lives. My heart breaks to hear about what's happening, but here's what I know, that we serve a God who is able to go way beyond what we can expect. And this morning, if you would stand with me, we are going to intercede for the world. So easy to get focused in and concentrate on how good we have it here, but there are people this morning who are living in fear, not knowing what'll happen, but here's what I know, there is a God who loves them who sees them, who knows and cares, whether at the farthest place where there is no zip code, where they may have not even heard, God wants them to come into relationship with him. And we're gonna pray for them. We're gonna pray for our missionaries. Father, we thank you this morning. God, in your word, 
says, declare his glory to the nations. And God, this morning we stand in the gap for every person, for every man, woman, and child. God, for everyone who you have placed upon this earth, this morning we stand in the gap for them. God, we pray right now that you would have an intersection with their lives, God. God, it says that nature declares your glory, and I pray that even though they may not have a chance to see a missionary, God, that you would testify of your greatness through creation, but God, we pray for even more. We pray that you would open doors for missionaries, for people who are doing your work, God, to just meet them face to face and proclaim your glory. God, we thank you that you care about each and every individual. God, we thank you that you care about those individuals in Istanbul who God, we're confronted with the reality that there is hate in this world. God, we pray for those places. God, we pray this morning for Baghdad. You see what they're going through this morning as they try to put things back together. But God, I pray this morning as they're trying to put the pieces back together that they would establish you as the chief cornerstone. God, you are our only hope. God, even in this great country, you are still our only hope. And God, in anything good, it is you. And God, we just pray this morning for every missionary that has responded to your call, God, that you would bless them this morning. God, as they proclaim your gospel, that you would just stand in the gap for security, for protection, for provision, for their families. God, I pray that you would just open doors through government, through officials, God, that they can spread the gospel and proclaim your goodness to the hurt and the dying. God, we thank you for what you're doing in all of these places, but God, we continue to ask that you would send people to respond to your call and go. God, we thank you for a generous church, God, that has enabled that, but God, we pray that even within our own hearts that you would mobilize us. We thank you for these teams that are going on short-term missions trips this summer, responding to your call. We pray that you would provide them with traveling mercies. God, that your hand would be upon them, that there would be divine appointments, that God, that that number would decrease this summer as a result of people who answer and go even from this church. God, you can do immeasurably more than we could even think, ask, or imagine. But this morning, God, we ask for a big God to show up in a big way. God, for people who need you. God, that instead of hate, we would hear stories of hope. God, as people come back, they will be testifying of your goodness. God, that there will be names and faces that are changed forever because they have come to know you. God, we trust you. God, we don't understand everything that's happening, but God, we know that you are big enough for every problem. You are big enough for every place. You are big enough for every person. And God, this morning, we just rely upon you. Father, we know that our hope is founded in Jesus Christ. In Christ alone, we take our stand. And God, we just declare right now that we will not be moved and we will not be shaken. God, that we will continue to keep our eyes not only on ourselves, but to the world and do our part. God, until people come to know who you are and how good a God you are. Father, we thank you this morning for the opportunity to pray for those who don't know they need prayer. God, to intercede for those who've never heard. God, to stand in the gap for those who don't even know that there is a God who loves them. God, we pray for transformation. God, of reclamation, of reformation in hearts as they align with your will and your way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's lift our voices today. We declare he is the hope of the world. Amen. Come on, we sing my hope is built. My 
offering a praise today. I feel a, a, a leading in my spirit. This isn't, this wasn't the direction, but I know it's what the Lord has for this moment. We have prayed for the country. We have wrapped it into worship and worship, uh, worship in the word. But as you watch Reed's story, what we saw there was the power of the Holy Spirit to demolish strongholds that were inside of his heart, his mind, his emotions. They had been so exalted that they pushed him to hopelessness. But here he stands today. And I know him personally. And this victory that you saw in his story, it is a real 
daily just freedom that is in his life that the Holy Spirit has done because there is nothing too great for God. Amen? Amen. Go ahead. That is so true. I feel this. I feel that as we make this last prayer, it has to be in in faith that God is great enough. Like David had this, didn't he? David, David knew that God had no comparison, that God had no competition, that there was nothing he couldn't do. There, there seems to be that need for us to be reminded that God can bring down, he can absolutely demolish the strongholds that make their way into our lives and set us free. He can set us free. There has to be faith in God's word that God will do. His word says we've been given weapons and they're not carnal. They are mighty and they will work. They will take care of what needs to be changed. Do we believe that today? I believe it with all of my heart. I did have Psalm 118 prepared. I want the team to put that up. Psalm 118. I just want you to see these words. It says, he reached down from on high and he took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. If this is your story, it'll resonate. Next verse. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. But see, they weren't too strong for him. They confronted me in the day of my disaster like it couldn't be a worse time. And I was confronted. But the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place and he rescued me because he delighted in me. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. We need to pray for people today. If there is something going on inside of you and it seems to be growing, it needs to be demolished. We want to believe God. Just what he did for Reed, he can do for you. If that is you, I want us to come back to the course. And as you sing this, I want you to come. Jesus Christ, he is the cornerstone. Through him, weak are made strong. He can do that as they sing. If you need prayer, won't you come? Come immediately. Hallelujah. He's the Lord of all. That's it. You come today. This is going to be a powerful breakthrough for so many people. Let's sing it again. Cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love. Through the storm, He is Lord. The Holy Spirit is leading people. We'll sing it again. You just keep responding. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love. Through the storm, He. I'm telling you, this is this is that experience that God had in mind before we ever got here. Just respond to him. Christ alone, cornerstone.
This is as powerful as we have seen in a long time. Come on, everybody, lift your hands. God's doing a work. Come if you need to be part of this. Come on, let's go after the Lord right now. It's rising. Hope is rising in this place. Come on and lift your voice like a trumpet with me. Lord God, we cry out in the name of Jesus. Our faith is in you. Our faith is in who you are. Our faith is in the finished work that you provided through your own death and resurrection. It gave us the ability to pray in faith because now there is nothing. There's not even a name that is named that is too hard for you. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray according to the power of Almighty God that right now you would demolish strongholds, demolish strongholds. That's it. Come on, release faith in that prayer right now. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Demolish strongholds right now, Jesus. It stops today. It ends today in the name of Jesus those things that have grown and exalted themselves that are contrary to your plan we see them demolished by the power of the Holy Spirit we speak the Word of God to that situation you said in Psalm 118 you're a rescuer you're our support you're our lifter you're our deliverer it may have happened at the worst possible time Bring it down in the name of Jesus. Let freedom rise. Let victory rise. Let freedom come right now emotionally and mentally and spiritually and physically. Do miracles, I pray. You've given us these weapons that have divine power. We pray for a divine intervention today. Nothing is too strong for you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we just see, Lord, the new day, the fresh start. Lord God, the past is in the past. We press on now. We move on. We go forward in a spirit of reconciliation, restored in our heart, set in a new place. We thank you, God. Now just lift your hands and receive all that God has all across this place, Lord. We receive it. We receive it. We receive it right now, God. We receive to the core of who we are the very work of the Holy Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. We shall know the truth, and the truth sets us free. 
We receive it today. We thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody, I want you to look this way. I, I, I heard someone say, it's, it's all going to work out in the end. And if it's not worked out yet, it's because it's not the end. So in the meantime, we will lift up our eyes to the Lord. We will keep our heart focused on Him because what I focus on, that's what grows inside of me. And as I focus on the greatness of God, it is the greatness of God that grows inside of me until it has the authority over what has tried to take authority inside of me. His name is above it and He demolishes those strongholds. But one day, according to the word of the Lord, the trumpet is going to sound and the dead in Christ are going to rise. And we which are alive and remain will be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. It's all going to work out in the end. If it's not worked out, it's not the end. And God is with us and God is for us. God is on our side and no weapon formed against us shall prosper. We're going forward. We're going through. We're going to make it. We are blessed coming in and going out when the sun rises and when it sets. God is God. God is in control. God is on the throne. Amen. Come on and give the Lord a shout. He's in control. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let this resonate as we sing the last part of this song together. He shall come with trumpet sound. Lift your hands with me. Oh, may I then in him be found. We bless you, Jesus. Dressed in his righteousness alone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Fathers stand before the throne. Come on, give him a praise today.
Everybody said amen. Hey, let's go in this as our strength today. God bless all of you. Have a great rest of the day.